Coming up on 5-Minute News. Bolsonaro not the outright winner after tight Brazil election. 125 people crushed to death at Indonesia soccer match. And Florida water levels still rising in wake of Hurricane Ian. It's Monday, October 3. I'm Anthony Davis. The two presidential candidates of Brazil will now face each other in a runoff vote after neither got enough support to win outright on Sunday in an election to decide if the world's fourth-largest democracy will keep its far-right incumbent in office. With 98.8% of the votes tallied on Sunday's election, former President Lula da Silva had 48.1% support and incumbent President Jair Bolsonaro had 43.5%. Brazil's election authority said the result made a second-round vote between the two candidates a mathematical certainty. Bolsonaro's administration had been marked by incendiary speech, his testing of democratic institutions, his widely criticised handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and the worst deforestation in the Amazon rainforest in 15 years. But he has built a devoted base by defending conservative values, rebuffing political correctness and modelling himself on the fascistic behaviour and policies of Donald Trump. Police firing tear gas after an Indonesian soccer match in an attempt to stop violence triggered a disastrous crush of fans, making a panicked, chaotic run for the exits, leaving at least 125 people dead, most of them trampled upon or suffocated. Attention immediately focused on police crowd control measures at Saturday night's match between host Arima FC of East Java's Malang City and Persebaya Surabaya. Witnesses described officers beating them with sticks and shields before shooting tear gas canisters directly into the crowds. It was among the deadliest disasters ever at a sporting event. President Joko Widodo ordered an investigation of security procedures and the president of FIFA called the deaths a dark day for all involved in football and a tragedy beyond comprehension. While FIFA has no control over domestic games, it has advised against the use of tear gas at soccer stadiums. Brawls are common among rival Indonesian soccer fans, so much so that the organiser had banned Persebaya supporters from Arima's stadium. But violence still broke out, and when the home team lost 3-2 and some of the 42,000 Arima fans, known as Aramania, threw bottles and other objects at players and soccer officials. At least five police vehicles were toppled and set ablaze outside the stadium. Riot police responded by firing tear gas, including toward the stadium's stands, causing panic among the crowd. Others suffocated and were trampled as hundreds of people ran to the exit to avoid the tear gas. In the chaos, 34 died at the stadium, including two officers, and some reports include children among the casualties. The National Police Chief said the death toll had been revised to 125 from 174 after authorities found some of the victims were counted twice. More than 100 were receiving intensive treatment in eight hospitals, 11 of them in critical condition. Indonesia's soccer association, known as PSSI, suspended the Premier Soccer League Liga 1 indefinitely in light of the tragedy 
and banned Arema from hosting soccer matches for the remainder of the season. With the death toll from Hurricane Ian rising and hundreds of thousands of people without power in Florida and the Carolinas, US officials vowed on Sunday to unleash a massive amount of federal disaster aid as crews scrambled to rescue people stranded by the storm. Days after Ian tore through central Florida, carving a deadly path of destruction into the Carolinas, water levels continued rising in some flooded areas, inundating homes and streets that were passable just a day or two earlier. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was in Arcadia on Sunday afternoon, about 30 miles inland from where Ian made landfall. The rural area didn't get the storm surge experienced by coastal communities, but standing water from floods remained four days after the storm. This is such a big storm, brought so much water, that you're having basically what's been a 500-year flood event, DeSantis said. At least 68 people have been confirmed dead, 61 in Florida, 4 in North Carolina, and 3 in Cuba. Nearly 720,000 homes and businesses in Florida were still without electricity on Sunday, down from a peak of 2.6 million. The weakened storm continued to wreak havoc as it drifted north, with the remnants forming a northeaster that is expected to dump rain on parts of Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, and southern Pennsylvania. In Virginia, rainfall on the already inundated Cheapskate Bay could lead to the most significant tidal flooding event in the Hampton Roads region of the last 15 years. A handful of coastal Virginia school districts cancelled classes today and local officials urged residents to prepare. Deanne Criswell, administrator of the Federal Emergency Management Agency, said the federal government is focusing first on victims in Florida, which took the brunt of one of the strongest storms to make landfall in the United States. President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden plan to visit Florida on Wednesday. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app, ask your smart speaker, or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate, and review online at 5-Minute.News. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health, and climate, delivering independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects.